What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Please subscribe and share on your Instagram. Today, we're talking about freedom. I always think of Braveheart when I think of freedom, that classic scene where he, like, uh, William Wallace gives his uh, speech, and then he ends it with, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. You know what I'm saying. If you haven't seen it, you've done yourself a disservice. But I always think of, when I say freedom or liberty, it's the movie that I think of and that speech that I think of. But um, today we're going to talk about our Christian liberty, our Christian freedoms that God has given us. You know, we know we know from Scripture that when Christ liberated us, He did it by, it was a work of grace. And so I think sometimes these definitions are, they're, they're important because if we don't understand what we're talking about, what does grace mean? What, is, what does mercy mean? What is love? What are these things? What defines them? But there's a Scripture, Galatians 4, 31 through 5, 1 says, So brothers, we who are born again are not children of a slave woman, but of the free. In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. So stand fast then. And I wrote down, stand your ground, keep your keep your standing and do not be hampered and held ensnared to slow in your walk or race by a yoke of slavery, which you have once put off. You know, sin holds you down. Sin keeps you from running. Hebrews talks about we lay aside the weights and the sin that so easily besets us. But we understand that our freedom has made it that we're not subject Um, to what the Jews were subject to under the old covenant. It's not by what we eat. Hey, if you eat pork, you're you're unclean. I I talked on on the phone to a guy called um, a company to get some technical support. And the guy that I was talking to, a young guy, I said, before I hung up, I just said, hey, man, I want to tell you that God loves you and he's got a good plan for your life. And I started sharing the gospel with him. And he says, yeah, man, I was used to be a Christian and I converted to Islam, and, but I just don't like it. I'm not a very good Muslim because I, I love bacon. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. But for him, it was like, it was, hey, I, I'm not good because I'm, Im, I'm, I'm not, I'm un impure because of what I'm eating. And I just said, hey, the, 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 the difference between Islam and between Christianity is you're not uh, made uh, unclean by what you eat. It's what's inside. It's the heart that counts. And that's the really one of the big differences is you've got all these rituals and things on the outside which purify but don't make a difference to the heart. And so we understand that it's not that, hey, I'm avoiding this that makes me clean. I'm avoiding, um, I'm, I'm avoiding this food. I'm, I'm, I'm going on the Sabbath. I'm doing these things. These aren't which, those. These aren't what give us our salvation. It's by the grace of God. But I think under once we understand that, we have to begin to look at the other side of what is my freedom. What does it lead towards? What does it point towards? And so this, the text for today is First Peter chapter two verse sixteen, and I love this. But it says, "Live as free people." yet without employing your freedom as a pretext for wickedness, but live at all times as servants of God. And man, what a, what a, almost looks like a contrast. He first says, live as free people. And then the last line is live at all times as servants of God. How am I living as a free person and as a servant of God? That doesn't make sense. I'm free, but I'm a servant all in one verse. And what, what God is pointing at here and really what God wants to instill inside of people is that understanding that we don't live fighting for our rights as Christians. So often you hear people say, man, I can still be a Christian and 
fill in the blank, go see rated R movies, drink a little bit, go to these parties, go hang out with unbelievers. I can still be a Christian and listen to the, this music. I can still be a Christian and, you know, I, you know, that just doesn't bother my conscience. For a lot of people, first of all, they've just seared their conscience. They've done something for so long that's been accepted by their culture that they've made it okay in their heart where the truth is, man, I love those little wristbands. What would Jesus do back in the day? The what would Jesus do wristbands? But like if Jesus was going to come, could you honestly invite Jesus to come and do what you do? You know, would, would, would he be okay coming along for the ride with you for 24 hours? If Jesus was, was with you for 24 hours in the flesh, what would you do differently? Right. And obviously we know he is on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time. But people have this attitude of like, now that I'm saved, they get into this place of it's about me and what's okay and what's not okay. And that's such a, that's such a bad place to be because it basically puts God as evil. It says, I don't trust God to that. He's wanting the best for me. I got to fight for my rights, but God wants to instill a heart in you. That is a heart of service. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And I wanted to just say this one line and it's really the, the, um, I guess the capstone of what we're talking about, but it says, it's not about your personal freedom. It's about service. You know, as Christians, we're born again to serve God. People look at their life on this earth, uh, and a lot of times no different than the way unbelievers look at their life on this earth. You only live once. You know, we got 80, 90 years. You got to make the best of it. And it's true. We do have to make the best of it. The Bible talks about redeeming the time. But the reality is, is like we don't have the same time frame that non-believers do. For non-believers, the, the, the 80 or 90 years that they have on this earth will be the best years that they have. It will be way downhill from there. The time that they'll spend on earth will be the only heaven that they know, right? The only joys and pleasures that they know. There'll be no even glimpse of joy or pleasure in hell. But for the, for the believer, for, for every believer, the time on the earth is such a short time in comparison with what our real life. People talk about, oh, I had a midlife, midlife crisis. They, t- they get 50 and they're like out buying a Corvette because, man, I just life is passing me by so fast and I don't want to miss it. And, and here we are talking about a midlife crisis, man, when we've, there's that song, when we've been there 10,000 years and, and, and time definitely works differently there in heaven. I don't even know if we, I don't think we'll even count, Hey, it's been 10,000 years. I don't think it actually works that way, but, um, we'll be there for all eternity. So midlife crisis, you, uh, that's not even, I mean, when you, when you're, if you're 10,000 years old, I mean, there's not even midlife. There's going to be no such thing as a midlife. You live forever. But getting this idea of like life isn't passing you by. The devil tries to put it in your mind that you've given up so much to be a Christian. And then you start fighting for, you start looking and seeing, you compare yourselves and seeing other Christians who are like, well, they do this. You know, they're not waking up early to pray. They're not doing this. I said in the class today, I said, people say, yeah, most people aren't, most Christians aren't waking up or most people aren't waking up and praying. And I said, well, most people, Christians aren't trying to preach the gospel all around the world. So I live at a different standard. A lot of people just ain't even going to heaven. So that's why most people don't read their word for 30 minutes a day. Well, most people aren't going to heaven either. I'm not taking a chance on going to heaven or not going to heaven. And so choosing to make your life a life of service, the, the, the focus that God wants us to have, I'm going to have you, if you have your Bible, um, uh, probably in the gym or something, so you're not on your Bible, but turn with me to 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 9 through 13. So what is, what is our Christian liberty about? So here it have, and, and verse 9 says, but you must be careful so that your freedom 
does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. For if others see you with your superior knowledge eating in the temple of an idol, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to an idol? I'm going to pause there. Obviously, we're not dealing with that. We don't, we don't live in a land at this point where you're going in and like eating food offered to an idol. You know, the Bible, um, uh, we're not living in a land of, uh, I mean, I guess hal- halal food is technically offered to, um, offered to uh, Allah, you know, the, the Islamic God. It's, that's what it means to be halal. It's food offered to him. Um, but we're not living in a land where that's the reality. But there are a lot of other things that can be a stumbling block for a lot of people. Alcohol is a big one. First of all, I believe that alcohol has no place in the life of the believer. Um, I'm, I've made a decision in my life to stand up for that. Uh, alcohol makes strong in you what God wants weak in you. Alcohol amplifies the flesh, gives the flesh a louder voice, and we're called to live in the spirit. Um, but for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I can be a Christian and still do this. But, but he's saying here, but you may you may feel like it's okay for you to do it, but you're causing someone else to stumble. So live by the weakest conscience in the room. There's people who come out of a life of alcohol, get delivered from a life of alcoholism, and alcohol has sent many people to hell. There's been good Christians who started drinking and have gotten gotten drunk and had, you know, and alcohol ends up taking them out and they're in hell for eternity because of alcohol. People who can't restrain, oh, I can have a little bit. But the Bible is saying love is you living by the weakest conscience in the room, the weakest conscience uh, uh, around. And so he says here in verse 11, so because of your superior knowledge, a weak believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. And when you sin against other believers, it talks about actually you saying this is okay for me when you when you know there's going to be people who have an issue with it. It's talking about actually sinning against another believer. So you say, oh, my conscience doesn't bug me. It's not a sin for me. It's actually a sin because it's sinning against somebody else. So it says here, when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. Oh, you know, I can listen to this new album. I know it's Con- I know it's Kanye and I know it's whatever. You're sinning in- against other people because there's been so many people who have been led off into into the world because of the music they listen to. People who were raised up in a Christian home and got into bad music, got around the wrong friends, and and the rest is history. That you're sinning against them and against Christ. And it says, so if I, if what I eat causes, Paul said, so if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live, for I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. Man, that's having eyes on eternity. Paul's saying, if it's going to cause someone else meat, not talking about alcohol, this alcohol is not being brought in the picture, you know, by itself, meat doesn't have an effect. I believe music, worldly music, isn't even the category he's talking about. Worldly music actually messes you up. It actually gets you thinking in the wrong direction. You know, you're, you're wanting God to bless you. You're like, the Lord's going to bless me, bless me. And then you're listening to It's a Hard Knock Life by Jay-Z. Like the, the two don't go hand in hand. You're trying to live a pure life and then you're listening to all this nonsense on there. They are in contrast. So this isn't even what he's talking about. But some of the things he was talking about, he was saying, I don't even go by my conscience. I go by the weakest conscience in the room. We know Paul knew that eating meat or not eating meat didn't 
didn't validate him, didn't make him a child or not a child. It had no effect on his faith, but he was still willing to give it up. I will never eat meat again as long as I live for the sake of other believers. Because he understood if I do something that causes someone else to stumble. For some people, you, you there's people who come out of a life of fornication and come into the family of God and, and they can't have contact with the opposite sex. Like they can't have like one-on-one. For some people, it's it's innocent. Man, I can talk to, I've, there's, there's girls out there that feel like it's okay. I can have guy friends. It's fine. And, and, you know, have conversations with them. But then there's guys who've struggled with stuff and you being willing to whatever you're sinning against them because you're, you're ending up your life as a temptation to them. And so deciding that I don't live by my conscience, I live, yes, I live by my conscience, but I live by the weakest conscience in the room. This is the conscience that I live by. Um, I, and I'm choosing to live my life in a way that pleases God because it takes others into consideration. So number one, we're not living, you aren't living for you. It's not about your personal freedom. It's about service. And some people listening just need to say, you know what? Never again. Be like Paul. Never again. Never again. There's things in your life that you have to look at and say never again movies that you watch and say never again man but i don't want to i give up so much you give up so much what about jesus on the cross what about the eternity he's paid for the small sacrifices that you're making now for eternity you're going to look back and the time that you spent on earth would have passed by so quickly and people are fighting for their own freedom people are fighting for their own well i can still do this and be a christian Man, be the Christian, be the strongest Christian, you know, with, with no compromise in your life. You know, the Lord led me to give up video games. It wasn't a matter of conscience, but it was a matter of dedication. I'm dedicated to the gospel. I can't. There's other people that can. I just can't. I, I, and people that can is fine. It doesn't mess with me. No one's going to cause me to stumble, right? There's, there's ministers that I know who are great ministers that play video games, and that's awesome for them. I can't. I have a personality that doesn't allow that. And so I'm choosing for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom, I'm going to live a life between me and God that's pleasing and not be someone who's fighting for my rights, but someone who serves God, who serves people. There's people who've come out of different situations and, and even just even just being in a place like people post on social media and they've got pictures of stuff that even looks like alcohol. Like you have to make these decisions. I'm going to be I don't care if people think I'm a nerd because of this. I am going to serve God. This isn't about me. It's about service. God wants us serving him and serving others through him. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Uh, Share this on your Instagram once again. We love you. You're amazing. Have an awesome day.